0: It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Always good to have you here. I want to thank you so much for helping us uh, with your participation, uh, listening, sharing, sharing commenting uh the show is now available uh everywhere just about everywhere i think uh we recently got syndicated by uh uh pandora thank you yeah pandora uh so if you subscribe to pandora or spotify you can uh, get us there as well and so excited and so appreciative i should say for your help and in, in in that area all right um Let's get this party started. Uh, today on the show, I have lawyer Francis Jackson. Uh, as you guys know, Francis Jackson has been a regular contributor here for for a while. Uh, Francis Jackson is an attorney who specializes in disability law for those seeking veterans' disability benefits and Social Security disability benefits. A founding partner of Jackson McNichol, he has been featured on NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox network affiliates around the country. He most recently appeared as a guest of the Ben Glass, uh, oh, on ben Gla- a guest of Ben Glass on the Consumer Advocate Show, discussing benefits of veterans and social security disability benefits, and how his practice allows him to make a difference in the lives of people facing disability. He's been quoted in USA Today and is listed in Cambridge's Who's Who. Mr. Jackson was honored by the National Academy of Best-Selling Authors with a Cooley Award in September of 2012 for his contributing for his contribution as a joint author to the Amazon bestselling book, Protect and Defend, where he wrote about protecting one's rights to veterans' disability compensation. In 2017, Mr. Jackson was inducted in Amer- into America's most trusted lawyers for found his outstanding work in disability law. For more information, you can visit veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. Francis Jackson, welcome back.
1: Thanks so much, Bert, as you know, it's always a pleasure for me to be here with you.
0: Well, you know what, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the fact that uh, you do what you guys do at uh, at your law firm, helping so many people recover their disability compensation. Uh, I know that we typically focus on veterans' disability compensation, but uh, as I said in the intro there, you, you, you work with people to help them recover their Social Security disability benefits uh, that uh, – you know, sometimes it, it's a fight of its own to, to get these people compensated. So I appreciate what you do, especially for our brave men and women who are, you know, who come back after uh, putting their life on the line and, and have to kind of, again, have a have a fight for these, uh you know, for these benefits. So I appreciate what you do very much.
1: Well, thank you, Bert.
0: All right, so I want to dive into this because here we are. We're coming up with the uh, 2020 elections, which uh, – I don't know about you, but it seemed like we just elected President Trump just a few weeks ago. Here He's up for a re-election again. And in this political climate, is there any legislation that may affect our veterans?
1: Yes. Uh, surprisingly, uh, uh, elections seem to bring out lots of uh, legislation and uh, one of the one of the bills that has come up, uh, you and I talked recently at some length about Agent Orange and what has uh, what has happened is there's a bill now pending in which the uh, Veterans Services Committee in the Senate, uh, with support from lots of other senators who aren't on the committee, is pushing a bill uh, to amend the uh, the National Defense Authorization Act, which is the, basically the military budget. To add a provision that would make bladder cancer, hypothyroidism, and Parkinsonism uh, presumptive conditions based on exposure to Agent Orange, and so um, that's a big deal. Uh, you you and I have talked about the impact of Agent Orange on uh, all the American service folks who either were exposed in Vietnam or, in some cases, in other places or uh, With uh, exposed to equipment that was used in Vietnam to distribute the stuff and that sort of thing. But the, the VA, as you know, has uh, what are called presumptions. And if you have a particular disease and you were exposed to Agent Orange, then you're automatically eligible for benefits for that disease. And right now there's lots of medical science, finally, showing that these particular conditions um, – you know, Parkinson's, unfortunately, is, is especially a problem, but also bladder cancer and hypothyroidism are conditions that have a much higher than normal incidence among folks who were exposed to uh, Agent Orange. And so the uh, Senate Veterans Affairs Committee is trying to get uh, that uh, Defense Authorization Act bill amended to include provision that would make these also uh, presumptive conditions. And we don't know yet how that's going to come out, but the, uh, the National Academy of Science, Education, and Medicine, uh, all the way back to 2016, decided that these there was now enough medical evidence to show that these three conditions were clearly related to exposure to um, Agent Orange. And the... the uh, Folks at the VA, unfortunately, have been very slow, shall we say, under the current administration to include these in the presumptive list. So the Senate is now trying to, uh, to push that through by legislation rather than waiting for the administration to get around to it. So we'll see where that goes. But it's, it's an important bill. There's, there are thousands of folks out there with Parkinson's and bladder cancer and so on that would uh, benefit from this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah, that's amazing. And you know, and, and unfortunately, this is the kind of stuff that that our our, you know, our our service people have to deal with. Uh this is something that that uh, shouldn't be this hard. Uh but uh unfortunately it always is. Just out of curiosity, is there any other legislation uh that you're aware about in the Senate?
1: Yes. Um there's actually uh some legislation on another issue that we've talked about in the past, which is these burn pits in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, There's uh, uh, a bill now uh, to uh, try to uh, establish an independent toxic exposure review commission that would be charged with identifying and investigating um, claims that burn pits caused Pretty much, particular, you know, are, are a, a significant cause, at least, of a of a particular kind of uh, illness, and the uh, the commission would be um, required to uh, do testing and to propose uh, presumptions for relationship to exposure to the burn pits for various conditions, particularly uh, a lot of. Uh, the respiratory conditions that, that people have had. And you and I have talked about this a little bit, but so far uh, the VA says that there've been over 12,000 disability claims filed in which folks have claimed that exposure to burn pits caused their particular medical problem. And of those only 2,800 have been approved. You know, 7,800, 78 uh, percent rather of those have been denied because there's, it's hard to prove that connection. So, the purpose of this commission would be to investigate the medical evidence and try to sort out what conditions generally are associated with burn pit exposure and should be presumptive. Um, and so that's uh, that's uh, right now a uh, an issue that the Senate is is working on. Uh, There's a bill by uh, Senator Tillis from North Carolina, uh, which is backed by a whole coalition of various veterans advocates. And it's been approved by the uh, Veterans Affairs Committee in the Senate. And it uh, is theoretically going to be up for debate in the Senate in the next few weeks. The big issue, as I'm sure you know, is that the Senate Um, schedule was was already shortened so that people could go home for the election. But now uh, there's this whole fight over pushing through a Supreme Court justice uh, in record time. And so that is occupying much of the time and attention of the Senate in coming weeks. And it may mean that a lot of other legislation, including this uh, bill to to uh, deal with uh, burn pit exposure doesn't get um, debated and get to the floor for passage, but there's just, there's just no way to tell at this point. You know, it's one of those things where uh, we just have to wait and see how this all plays out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just for our audience, for those who've never heard the term burn pit, explain to us what a burn pit
1: is. Sure. Sure. There's some great photos you can look at online, but uh, basically what the U.S. did in the theaters of war in uh, Iraq in particular, but to some extent in various places in Afghanistan, was to dispose of damaged or uh, unrepairable equipment or uh, just waste of various kinds by creating these massive mounds and setting them on fire um, there there are some great uh, photos online of, of bulldozers just pushing all this stuff into huge mounds of uh, burning waste but you know everything in there from medical waste or even human waste uh, to uh, vehicles that have been damaged or destroyed um, both ours and uh, Iraqi vehicles, um, you know, leftover uh, shell casings, uh, uh, casings for uh, explosives, uh, whatever whatever was not any longer functional or needed or needed to be disposed of was just kind of indiscriminately heaped into these burn pits and burned. And the idea was to essentially sanitize it by burning it, you know, that – the presumption was that if you if you burned the stuff, at least it wouldn't uh, create germs and make people sick and that sort of thing. Whereas if you just left moldering piles I it, mean, it might not be so good. But the the unintended side effect was to put huge amounts of smoke, uh, including smoke with lots of toxic chemicals in it, into the air around these uh, various um, military bases and exposing a lot of our troops who were on the ground there to that smoke. And so those are the burn pits. And the issue is that lots of folks since then have um, raised the uh, the claim that their exposure to this toxic smoke caused various conditions, primarily respiratory conditions like COPD, but, but other conditions as well. And so that's uh, the heart of the issue, Bert.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. And, and this kind of reminds me of, uh, when I was a kid. You know, you would get a hold of a plastic piece. Especially, uh, I was. I used to build dioramas, and you would you would get a you know piece of plastic, and you would kind of light it on fire a little bit, and it would make this kind of toxic black smoke. Uh, And so a burn pit is basically that times like a 1,000. And as you said, they're throwing in, you know, human waste, toxic waste, medical waste. Anything that they can find is being thrown in there. And from what it sounds like, these guys have no protective gear whatsoever.
1: That's right, Bert. I mean, this was not considered at the time by the military to be um, a hazard that they had to protect people from. So no, no respirators, no face masks, no no uh, equipment at all and you know this is not only uh affecting people who who were charged with dealing with the burn pits you know the poor guys out there driving the bulldozers but because of the way the winds would shift sometimes the smoke would be directly into a particular military installation barracks whatever um and so lots of people got exposed and it's uh, like anything else, when you get exposed to toxic chemicals, it generally takes a while for you to start to see the the impact. And for a lot of these folks, it's worsening breathing difficulties for other people. There are cancer issues. There's just lots of of health issues um, that people aren't normally exposed to when you just start burning all this stuff together. Um, And so that's uh, that's what's going on.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and all I can think of is this is, this has to be a bunch of guys just thinking this is the coolest thing. I mean, I, if I was out there, I'd just to be enjoying the heck out of myself, burning all the stuff. Uh, you know, just <laughs> kind of like a, you know, uh, what do you call it? The same kind of mentality that goes into watching one of those, uh, uh, what do you call it? Smash Derby things and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, Hey, let's just burn a bunch of crap. Yes, let's do it. I could just see, <laughs> uh, it just, uh, yeah, I could see it. It's just going to attract a bunch of guys going, yeah. Ooh, 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 Uh, all right. So let's talk about this. Cause we've talked about the Senate. Um, you know, uh, any legislation in the house that you're aware of?
1: There, there is Bert. And, but uh, let me just add one other footnote about the, uh, the burn pits, if I may. Sure. Um, One of the things that is sad about this, um, the uh, VA has reported that uh, lots of these folks who are on the burn pit registry because of respiratory uh, problems have also been sadly, uh, badly, sadly, sadly and badly uh, affected by the uh, COVID crisis. And 770 of those folks uh, have died in the last two months. And that's because they've, they've died from COVID, but they had these underlying respiratory conditions, which, as you know, are a big problem for COVID.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. But, that is sad. And, uh, yeah, that's, you know, an unfortunate thing that, you know, you, your your health is compromised, or in this case your lungs and respiratory is compromised. I guess that's part of your health. You have this compromised issue, and then the uh, COVID comes around and, and finishes you off. So, uh
1: this
0: is yeah, uh, again. A- yeah, definitely. That that is unfortunate. And, and this is, as you said, 700 people that were aware of. I'm sure there's more. Uh, so uh, hopefully, hopefully, the Senate will get that done.
1: Let's hope so. And uh, turning to the House, Bert, there there was a big bill um, that just came out of the House, and uh, is it looks like it's going to. Uh, uh going going to get signed by the president there was the, the senate had already had already passed a bill and then as you know when the house passes one and the senate passes one they have to get together and agree on the the, the final bill to go to the president but long story short they passed a a huge a very important bill on suicide prevention for veterans um setting up uh about 175 million dollars over the next five years um And what's what's so important about this money is that the way it's set up, it would go to existing uh, mental health and suicide prevention groups that that are already present in the community. Um, It's basically a a grant program. Uh, You have to show that your organization is an established, functioning, working, helpful um, suicide prevention program or or has a component that does that. It, you know, um, A lot of the mental health centers around the country, for example, have existing suicide prevention programs. And so it sets up this $175 million as money that can be applied for and obtained by uh, various community programs to uh, either continue or implement uh, suicide prevention programs aimed at veterans and the, uh, the other parts of the bill would do things like um, allowing the VA to uh, expand its mental health staff to uh, uh, deal more specifically with suicide prevention as well as uh, mandating that the GAO and the VA Office of the Inspector General um, look into uh, the effectiveness of the agency's current suicide prevention outreach and and, uh, offer uh, suggestions for improvement, and look at how the department handles veterans who are at risk for suicide, um, and includes uh, looking into such things as whether various medications that the VA routinely prescribes uh, in the mental health side particularly um, are uh, linked at all to uh, higher rates of suicide, um, and would require a, uh, a centralized uh, VA website for female veterans about uh, health care generally uh, that's available to them and specifically uh, materials that might uh, help to deal with suicide issues. And again, um, it's uh, it's just impressive to see that when they really put their minds to it, the the House and the Senate can act in a bipartisan way and, and actually uh, get something through. And this is a this is a very interesting piece of politicking. What, uh, what happened is that ultimately the way they resolved the impasse between the House and Senate, just for, for those who are political junkies, was they agreed to put the Senate version through and then... The House uh, is, uh, has suggested some additional, separate legislation that would uh, also uh, provide further um, benefits or or uh, programs to deal with suicide prevention, and that's going to be taken up as uh, as separate piece of legislation, so as not to slow this one down. And so this this should be signed by the president uh, any day now, which uh, would be. Uh, be very nice. And it uh, it's a real step forward. Um, as you know, the, the two biggest problems that the VA has been trying to deal with over the last well, a couple decades, really, um, have been homelessness and suicide among veterans in, in addition to, you know, the, the overall issues of health care and bet- benefits that the VA routinely handles. But these, these have been the real Thorn in the side kind of problems homelessness and suicide, so this is a, a really a huge step forward in terms of legislation and in terms of of uh, bipartisan legislation uh, and it's it's really uh, an amazing uh, demonstration of what uh, the folks in, in Washington can do when they want to so it's it's really yeah. nice to see
0: it is nice to see I mean there is so much bickering that uh, what's unfortunate is that this is not getting the publicity it deserves you know we we constantly get all the bad stuff all the bickering back and forth and everybody pointing fingers i wish that uh, the mainstream media would say hey here's a nice surprise they're actually working together to take care of you know the people they should be taking care of of their constituents and specifically of the veterans and you know this would be you know if i was in the democratic party or the republican party i I would want to get some publicity on this because it is nice to hear. It's, as you said, it, it goes to show that, you know, these guys can work together and get it done for the greater good.
1: It really is. It's a, it's a nice thing to see.
0: All right. Um, any other legislation that might affect veterans?
1: Yeah. There's one other big, big piece of uh, of legislation that it's, it's not. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of indirect, but it's important. Um, what's going on is uh, you may remember that the, the, um, the government passed the CARES Act uh, a, a while back and set aside a sure. bunch of money for that, and that was that was for veterans' uh, health care outside the uh, the VA. And one of the strange side effects of COVID has been that there has been a sharply reduced Uh, amount of money spent on health care outside the VA for veterans because, as you know, lots of doctors weren't seeing people. Lots of veterans were scared to go to people. So the money wasn't spent. And so the VA stepped up and said, gee, Congress, we would like your uh, permission to repurpose some of this money and let us use it to improve our computer system that we use for GI Bill benefits. And as you know, the GI Bill is is a huge thing for veterans. Lots of uh, lots of folks would say that's really the primary incentive to uh, to join the military, is those free education benefits. So, what's happening now is the VA has been administering the the GI Bill program since World War II, and along the way they have developed, you know, various iterations of different computer programs to manage that so that now they have literally more than a dozen different computer systems that they're trying to use to manage GI Bill benefits, which is just crazy. Uh, You know, they, they literally have to take some of the stuff and and print it out and then type it in again to a different system just to keep track of it all. It's, it's, it's really um, pretty bad. So they've asked Congress to authorize, moving some of this money to let them have a uh, contractor come in and rebuild this system so that it's basically uh, an application that runs on current uh, computers and doesn't require all these special crazy systems that they're having trouble um, keeping stuck together with uh, the the proverbial uh, chewing gum and bailing wire. So uh, it's, uh, it's a real... Uh, it's a really interesting thing because it's a it's an effort to shift um, the way the VA has handled uh, information technologies in the past they' they're trying to uh, get Congress to let them fund this based essentially on having an application built for running on existing uh, com- programs like Windows so that there's not this, you know, outdated uh, system. Twenty years from now, that it's it's something they'll be able to move forward as computers move forward. So, it'll be it'll be very interesting because it's a it's a real shift in approach by uh, by the government. Usually, you know, they hire contractors to come in and build a special computer program, and twenty years later, they're still stuck with that program, and the technology that it was made to run on is no longer there, and uh, you know, it's just, it gets crazy. It's like the uh, the 8-inch floppy disks that we use for the uh, nuclear uh, launch program that's constantly carried around by the guy with the president, you know. I mean, when was the last time you had an 8-inch floppy disk or anything? You know, it was that's 30 years old, <laughs> at least. <laughs> it's
0: it's so scary to think about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and they have to be specially made now. Yeah, I'm just yeah thinking, I, it's, it's so crazy. You know,
0: it just you could just see this guy accidentally dropping that football, and all of a sudden, you know, there's a launch, and people are going to come back and say, "Hey, you know, it's just so archaic. It accidentally triggered something." And but yeah, a lot of people don't know this. I'm glad you brought this up. The the VA computer system, and really a lot of the computer systems that are that are our uh, our government uses, are extremely archaic and outdated, uh, and if you if you do any kind of research on google, there's a lot of articles out there about uh the fact that it's uh very uh susceptible to being hacked into uh crashing because it is so old
1: yeah, it's a real problem and so it's it's impressive that the v a has has finally seen the light and is uh, is coming at this from a new perspective and i'm I'm hopeful that will be the hallmark of their of their IT going forward, that they'll they'll start using uh, things that can be run on uh, currently available systems rather than needing these crazy dedicated uh, old uh, software programs. You know, they're they're still trying to find people that can program in COBOL to keep some of these away. Uh, it's just it's just nuts. But this this really is a is a step forward, and it will be a a big benefit to the folks who. Um, are eligible for benefits under the GI Bill because if if this goes through and, and it works and it looks like both those things are going to happen, um, then uh, the VA will actually be able to be much more responsive about uh, getting these uh, these things uh, paid on time and changed when necessary and generally uh, much more efficient.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, again, I, I agree with you. Congratulations to uh, uh, to those guys for making that decision and uh, having the, you know, the agility or the flexibility to say, hey, we have this extra money, let's put it to good use. I'm so grateful they're doing that. Uh, let's let's finish up with this since we've been talking, you know, uh, somewhat uh, about uh, this, you know, political season and and uh, and uh, we call it the election coming up. Uh, any have any of the candidates made any comments or promises regarding our veterans?
1: Yeah, both both of the candidates uh, have um, have talked about it. Um, you know, Trump, of course, uh, has uh, has said that uh, you know he's he uh, has done wonderful things as he is wont to do, um, and he talks about having strengthened the VA's hospital system, uh, and he's uh, claiming that. Uh, the uh, the Mission Act, uh, the the replacement for the CARES Act that we talked about, um, uh, is uh, you know a great contribution, and uh, that uh, they have these plans underway to uh, get the Department of Defense medical records talked to the VA medical records, um, and um, Biden on the other hand has said that. Uh, he wants to deal with this burn pit issue. He says, you know, that we should never have an Agent Orange crisis, Agent Orange type crisis again, which I think is a is a uh, very uh, important uh, tack for for him to take. Um, and the uh, the other things that he's talking about, particularly, uh, and I think I mentioned them earlier, are suicidality and homelessness. And he points out that under President Obama, um, there was a huge improvement in uh, in homelessness for veterans. They they cut it down by about half in the in the four years, or sorry, excuse me, the, the uh, in the period when President Obama was uh, was tackling it from 2010 up through 2016, and that obviously was impressive. Unfortunately, it hasn't. There hasn't been much improvement under the current administration. Um, the other, uh, the other issue is the, the suicide one that we talked about, and again, there hasn't been much improvement. Uh, but uh, this recent legislation may change that. I'm, I'm very hopeful that, regardless of who's elected in November, um, that these recent legislative initiatives on suicide will actually finally uh, start to show some real uh, impact and decrease the uh, the rates of veteran suicide which have been almost uh, well they're substantially higher than than non veterans is the best way to put it i guess so both uh, both sides are talking about the issues and i'm hopeful that uh, that regardless of who's elected there will be significant improvement
0: Yeah, I hope so, too. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, these guys are, when I say these guys, our veterans are sometimes ignored, and they're taken for granted, and in some cases taken advantage of, and uh, a lot is promised to our our service uh, people, right? That they are promised, uh, as you mentioned, the GI Bill, they're promised health benefits, they're, they're promised a lot, and you know, we see it, and you see it more than, than than any than most people. How sometimes those promises are not fulfilled, or they're very difficult to get fulfilled. They have to jump through a lot of hoops, uh, and uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully they'll step up and and, and make that a thing. And uh, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of organizations out there that are trying to help our veterans with their homelessness and, and some of their uh, mental issues if you will uh and so uh yeah let's let's just hope that these guys step up a little bit and and what do you call it and uh i don't know and just just make it better for for all our veterans uh uh anyway so francis again i want to thank you so much for the work that you guys do there at veteransbenefits.com veteransbenefits.com so i always say this if if you or a loved one is suffering in silence, if, you know, let them know about veteransbenefits.com. If, you know, even if they don't, they're not even thinking about uh, what do you call it, any kind of disability compensation. Let them know, hey, if you have questions about what's owed to you, check out veteransbenefits.com. Uh, Francis and his team will be glad to point them in the right direction. It doesn't cost them anything to talk, and and. It, may help them resolve some issues, even if they've been denied, or I should say especially if they've been denied, right, Francis, that you can maybe get in there and, yeah. and, and help them out.
1: Yep, that's uh, that. those are the folks that we, uh, we usually work with, folks who've been denied benefits.
0: Absolutely, and, uh, Francis, again, thank you so much for stopping by. It's always been a pleasure, man.
1: You too, Bert. Take care.
0: Good stuff there from um, lawyer Francis Jackson, veteransbenefits.com, veteransbenefits.com. I say it a lot because they help a lot of people out. They, you know, and, and, uh, it, so if you're, if you're dealing with any kind of issues with the, uh, veterans administration, please, please check out veteransbenefits.com. Don't suffer in silence. And for you, my, uh, uh, my uh, my audience, uh, please share this episode with everyone you know. Let's help as many veterans as possible. Let's let's uh, let's make the government keep their promises. Uh, these people have literally put their life on the line, and they're coming back. Sometimes it's mental scars. Sometimes it's both mental as well as physical scars, and, and tons of disabilities. And uh, these are both men and women, and they deserve to be compensated for their disabilities. They deserve to be able to, uh, what do you call it, access the benefits that have been promised to them. So please, let's share this episode with everyone you know. And as always, my friends, remember you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.